0: And on this morning, amen, we got a treat in store. Amen, we got a treat in store. We're going all the way down to Jacksonville, Florida. Amen, and we are going to be having our friend, the Dr. Russell Cop, is going to be coming and bringing us the word of God. Amen, we are so happy for what the Lord is doing and the doors that he's opening for us. I want to say to you, as God is blessing you, open your mouth and share it. Even, amen, if you're going through something, don't go through by yourself. Just open your mouth, amen, and you can be sure we'll be right there, amen, to answer prayer. One thing I like about God, you don't have to be in person. He is a personal God, and he'll be right there for you. Amen. Dr. Cobb is going to come with a special message. Amen. This morning, you are expensive. Amen. So we're going to get right out of the way and we're going to turn Amen. this uh, service over to him and let him bless our souls real good. I introduce and present to some Dr. Russell Copps, all the way from Jacksonville, Florida. God bless you. Good morning, Richmond, Virginia.
1: God bless you. And now uh, the church here in Highland, Dinsmore, Florida, or Jacksonville, Florida, welcomes you along with myself. And uh, thank you, Bishop, for introducing me, but don't forget it's uncle, Dr. Copps, uh, to the church there, <laughs> amen. And I do want to extend a happy birthday to uh, Lady Harris, her and I celebrate pretty much the same dates. I think my my no months, the 19th versus the 20th. And I was thinking about birthdays when they come along, and the older that you get, there are some benefits, you know, to becoming older, in case you didn't know that. Your health, your investment in health insurance finally starts to pay off. Your joints are more accurate than the National Weather Service. Your secrets are safe with your friends because they can't remember them after you tell them, if you ever get kidnapped, they're not interested in you anymore. And if you have a party, your neighbors don't even know you're having a party when you get to be that age. Amen. Um, Luke chapter 15 is the passage of scripture that we want to go to this morning. And um, it contains three stories that talk to us about the value of that we have in the eyes of God. And I titled it, You Are Expensive because that's what we really are as Christians. We are expensive to God. To the world, we may be cheap, but to God, we are very, very expensive and very valuable. So I was kind of on the internet the other day and I was just kind of looking at the prices of things these days. And I saw a pair of Nike shoes, couldn't believe it, $200 minimum on up to a couple of thousand dollars for a pair of shoes. A new cellular phone, mine cost about $30, but they can go from $600 to $900. Even country wash jeans, this one blew my mind, $715. And on and on and on they go. And those things fly off the shelves because people place a high value on those things and it makes the price go up. And that's the point that I'm going to make this morning as I read this passage, that we are valuable because of the price God put on us. We're not valuable because of what we have or don't have. We're not valuable because we have great education and all the other things. We're great and we're expensive because of the value that God placed upon your life. I don't know if you know it or not, but you are absolutely valuable to God. And so in our passage of scripture, God has placed a powerful price upon our lives. <clears throat> and uh, sometimes in this world, especially the world we're living in right now with all this pandemic, with all of these crises, with all of these tensions that are in the world, we can sometimes feel inadequate, sometimes feel alone, and sometimes feel low, with low self-esteem. And you've met a lot of people like that that just don't see their worth, they don't feel equal to other people, and sometimes they end up in depression and loneliness, And God comes crashing through with a word for us that we are absolutely valuable to God. And once we begin to realize how valuable we are to God, that then opens the blessings of the Lord into our life. Amen. That's what I'm after this morning is to get the blessings of God into your life, to realize that God doesn't have to bless you. God wants to bless you. and The reason he wants to bless you is because you are valuable to him. So, we're going to look at just verse one and two here, and then I'm just going to tell you the stories that follow that. In verse one, it says, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to Jesus to listen to what he had to say. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Now, notice in verse one, the tax collectors, they're just like IRS agents today. And the sinners, which were just like sinners today, not living right, living the wrong way, they came to Jesus to listen to him teach. But notice in verse two, the religious people also came to listen to him teach. They wanted to hear what the Lord said, but instead of them rejoicing because sinners had come to him, they then were upset saying, look at him, he's hanging out with sinners, with publicans, and he's fellowshipping with them and he's eating with them. They couldn't uh, make the jump and understand how valuable all people were to Jesus Christ. They looked down their noses at people who were not religious. And we've seen some of that sometimes. You might have even been in a church sometimes where people look down your nose, their nose at you because you weren't living the way that you, they thought you should live. But I want you to know God values every single human life that God values the sinner and he values the religious people. And then he tells three stories here. So I'm gonna break them down for you and not really read it all to you because it's quite lengthy, but he tells three stories to emphasize this point about how important you and I are to him. The first one is verse four through seven. And he tells the parable of the lost sheep. He had a hundred sheep in his fold and one of them got out and the Bible says that the shepherd left the 99 to go after the one sheep. So notice the one was just as important as the 99, that God saw that one sheep and he could have said, well, I still have 99, let that one go. But instead he counted those 99 as important, but the one was just as important as the 99. And then the next story is in verse eight through 10. And it's the parable of a lost coin. Says this woman, if you read about it, says this woman had 10 silver coins and she lost one of them. The Bible says that it upset her so bad that she literally turned her house upside down, cleaning the entire house, looking for that one lost coin. Now she had nine others, but the one was important. So you see where Jesus is going in this story? that everybody is important, not just the masses, but the single people in that. And sometimes you can be in a crowd, you can be in a city, you can be in a mall, you can be somewhere, it feels so insignificant, but understand that God knows right where you are, God knows who you are, and God loves you as you are, praise the Lord. And the third story is the lengthy one in verse 11 through 32. And that's the familiar story of the prodigal son. You remember the man had two sons, And the one decided, you know what, I'm going to take my inheritance now. And we know in family that sometimes you always got that one little renegade. You might have been the renegade. (laughs) But we always have that one that says, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it this way. And nobody's going to stop me. And that's what this person said to his father. Give me my inheritance. I want to live my life the way I want to live it. And he went out and he lived his life the way he wanted to. But in a short time, he spent everything that he had on riotous living and now he was actually begging for food. And he said, you know what? I should get, get, get back, go back to my father's house where they loved me. He knew his father loved him. And the Bible says he returned back home and the father was waiting for him anxiously, waiting for him to return. And so Jesus is telling this story to those Pharisees, say it, understand that the one is just as important as the many. And what he's trying to emphasize to you and me is that God is interested in you, that you are valuable. There may be millions and millions of Christians, but he's valuing your life. There may be eight point something billion people in the world, but God values your individual life. You are absolutely important to God. And one of those things here in the scriptures that um, is reminded in these stories is that how God breaks down his love for his people. So let's go back to the lost sheep for a minute. Notice that it's the shepherd looking for the sheep. Now, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the flock. So in in these verses here of the parable of the lost sheep, we see Jesus is the one actively seeking after you and I. Notice that he's going after you. He's looking for you. Some of us have come to Christ and we think, well, I came to Christ. No, you came to Christ because God went after you and he sought you and he bought you. Amen. God pointed his finger at you and said, I want Francis. God pointed his finger and says, this is the one that I'm after. And he went after you, seeking you to bring you into the fold. You got to get that through your head. Because sometimes we tend to think that we kind of busted in on God and we're kind of timid and we're just kind of like oh i'm so you know this and that god says hey i came after you because i love you and god loves his people jesus loves us luke 19 and 10 the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost the lost coin is a picture of the holy spirit because you know the woman tore up her house washed it all completely cleaned it all out, and she found it. And so also, that's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. He seeks after us, and he washes us and cleanses us. And then the third one is the lost son, and that's the father who is in heaven, who loves us with an everlasting love and never gives up on us to return unto him. And I'm so glad for that verse. I'm so glad for that father, because you know what? Many of us have walked with God, and then at times we have walked away from God, we have tarried, we have slipped off from the side, but I'm glad like you are that God still stands there waiting for us to return because we are valuable. We are expensive. God loves us with an everlasting love. So the point one is we are God's creation. You are not a descendant of an ape. Now, some people act like it, but we are not descendants of an ape. When I was at school and some kids today, they're learning about evolution. And that that's where the scientists say that we're a product of evolution. We're an accident. You know, it takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does in the creation story. I mean, how is it that a little fish jumped up all the way into a primate and then a primate jumps all the way up into a human being? I don't understand how they believe in it. They say we're crazy because of our faith. But we are indeed the creation of God. Understand, that's what makes us valuable is we're not an accident of nature we're not a product of evolution. We are an actual created being by the hand of God. In Psalms 139, it says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That word fearfully in in Psalms 139 means that we are, that God took intense focus, increased detail, and so much accuracy to make us like we are, that it shows us how valuable we really are. You realize how important your eyes, You can actually thread a needle, and then you can look up and see a moon 200,000 miles away. Your temperature, 98.6 or thereabouts, you don't even have to think about it. It just maintains itself. You never thought about it. Did you know how many times we're hit with viruses and how many times we're hit with all kinds of germs and bacteria that could kill us? And we're not even aware of it, but our body is doing what? Fighting it off. Because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has made us as a special creation. Therefore, we are not less than anybody else. We are not less than important to anybody else. We are God's children, created by the hand of God, set up for blessings. And we need to rise up from that low self-esteem, low self-worth, low value on ourselves, shake off what the world has told us, and stand up and be what God has told us to be, to be the valuable creation of God. And it plugs up the blessing of God in our life because, you know, it's like your parents. If, if you don't feel like they love you, you don't ask them for anything. And so with God, when we don't feel worthful, we're just thankful we're going to heaven. We really don't expect anything else. But God said, hey, I got the riches of heaven blessing. So what we need is some spiritual Draino. pour it down into our spiritual life, unplug all of that negativism in our life. And open up the gates for the blessing of God to come into our lives. To view ourselves for who we really are. Because see, really, it's not about what people say about you. It's what you say about yourself. It's how you look at yourself. It's what you say to yourself. That's what's most important. Because everybody's going to always have an opinion, aren't they, about us? And some people, you know, they live on Facebook. And we put something out there. And we might get 30 likes. But that one Unlike is where we focus our attention. Who unliked my stuff? It was only one person. Because we usually live for the accolades of other people instead of living the way God wants us to live to see exactly who we are. Because, you know, people's opinions are fickle, aren't they? One day they like you, the next day they don't. You're not any different than Jesus. Remember, Jesus was coming in on that that, uh, Sunday before uh, his crucifixion, and everybody was putting palm leaves, going, Hosanna, 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 to the highest, just praising him. And two days later, kill him, crucify him. And that's how it is on Facebook. Sometimes you have some people that really like you, and the next day they hate your guts. And sometimes that is how it is in families. Sometimes that's how it is amongst our friends. And so if we base our worth and our value on those things, we will go down, down, down. But when we see ourselves like God sees us, very expensive, valuable, we can hold our head high regardless of what other people say and say, I am the creation of God. God created me, not this world. And in Genesis, we're still talking about we are God's creation. Notice that God spoke everything into existence. Let there be light, let there be land, let there be herbs, let there be cattle, let there be this and that. But when it came to man, he changed course. And the Bible says he formed us out of the dust of the earth. He handcrafted you and I out of the mud. And he didn't come down every day to sit and talk to the animals, he came down every day to do what? To talk to man. Because God sees us as his special creation. And so whenever we suffer from self-worth and low self-esteem and we live in our past failures and never rise up out of the ashes of what has happened, we actually lose the potential for the blessing of God in our life. And it always makes me sad when I meet someone who lives back there in the past instead of fully living their life in the present. Now, I understand those things hurt. I understand some of you have been through some horrible things, and I wish to God I had a pill or some prayer that would change that for you. But I can't. But the word of God says your mind has been renewed. Your past has been washed by the blood. Get up, move on, move forward in the glory of God and realize you are God's creation. Just like you love your children, nothing you wouldn't do for that little baby right now to protect that child, would you? Because you love that child. And that child can burp on you, can spit up on you, and it doesn't matter why, because you love that child. And that's what God looks at us saying, I know you're going to mess up, but I'm never going to leave you, never going to forsake you because you are my child. I want to move us from lack attitude to valuable attitude, from impoverished to prosperity, from defeat to victory. And, you know, there's some people in the Bible that God had to do that to we can relate to him Moses what a great man of God we've been studying him in Sunday school but Moses told God when God said hey I want to use you you're important to me you're valuable you're expensive Moses said you got the wrong guy because I stutter I have a disability you can't use me Isaiah when God came to him and said Isaiah I want to use you for the glory of God You know what Isaiah said? I'm a man of unclean lips. I've got a really bad past. There's nothing you can do about it. And God did what? God took him and used him for his glory. Gideon, when God came to him and said he's going to use him to defeat the enemy, Gideon said, you can't use me because I'm of the smallest tribe of the twelve. And in that small tribe, I'm the littlest of all of the ones and I'm the least in my family. I have got nothing to give you. But God didn't see their lack, God saw their value. And that's what God is looking at in your life. He's not looking at your lack. You may be looking at your lack, but God is looking at your potential, your blessing, and the fact that he gave his son's life for the glory of your salvation. Hallelujah. We're maybe not from the right family, don't have the right education, maybe not the right physical attributes, like the world says, but God isn't concerned with all of that. God is more concerned about how valuable you are to him. Amen. God seeks you. God is looking for you. And in those three stories, he's actively after you. And some of you have placed your children and your grandchildren and your family members in prayer God is after them, trust me. God is after them to get them for salvation. And it kind of reminds me of the story of a penny. You know, a a penny is considered a worthless coin. How many times have you seen one on the parking lot, never even gave it any attention and just kept moving on? But a penny is considered worthless. In fact, a lot of people, when they purchase things, just they keep the change, and they got a little box there with all the pennies in it because they're not really considered important. But there was this man that had made a commitment to himself and his father that every time he saw a penny, he was gonna make sure and get it. And he made that personal commitment. Why, I'm not sure, but he made that commitment. So every time he saw one in a parking lot, he stopped and put it, picked it up, put it in his pocket. Wherever he found it, at a park, it didn't matter at the store, wherever he found a penny, he put that penny away. One day, he had stopped at a, a rest area, went in to use the restroom, and there was a penny in the bottom of the toilet. And now he's in a dilemma. I've made a commitment, but I don't know about that. But he stayed with his commitment and dipped himself in there and got that penny out. Now, that may seem grotesque to us. It does to me. But it also shows us how God operates with you and I. That sometimes we are in the bottom. We are in a place we shouldn't be. We are in a place we never planned to go But it shows that God has made a commitment that he's going to seek you and he's going to find you and he's going to retrieve you and he's going to turn you into a blessing. And look at what God is doing to you today. If most most of us should have been dead for the things that we were involved in, we shouldn't even be here to this day. But look what God has done. God has transformed our lives. God has changed us. Why? Because we're valuable to God. We are expensive to God. And even if he has to dip into the bottom of the spiritual toilet to pull us out, God's going to grab a hold of our lives and change us for his glory. Amen. And he changes that value. Um, I was also told about pennies. I don't know. I know you're going to start scrambling to see if you got one of these. But uh, pennies were in shortage in 1995. So the US meant the Treasury Department started to print some, print some coins. And uh, after about a few million of them had been printed and shipped out, somebody noticed that the phrase in God we trust was blurred. So they stopped the print, reset it to get it right. But by then a few hundred thousand or more of those had gone out into the community. So now all of a sudden those become rare coins. Isn't that strange that a defective coin becomes rare and the value increases? The good ones that they printed that you could actually see very clearly went for a penny, or actually they're a penny and a half now to make a penny. I don't know if you knew that or not. But those pennies, the 1995, wherein God we trust is a little blurred, sell for $255 today. I see y'all going through your purses right now and your pockets and... And we're checking here and going, but I? A 1995 penny. Isn't it amazing that the defective one becomes more valuable than the other one? And see, God conveys that story to you and I. That we, we get so focused on our defects, on the things that aren't right. The criticism that we give ourselves, that we forget that we're the valuable ones in the eyes of God. That he's the one seeking after us looking for us even when the name God in our life has been blurred God is still going after us with a high value and you are very expensive to God and I know some of you may have been in relationships where somebody spoke down to you where people said ugly things about you maybe people that you loved that should have been encouraging you didn't do it I'm, a, I'm so sad that you've had to go through that with somebody that you love. But may I tell you, the one that counts is what God says to you. And God says, you are a child of God. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are more than you will ever, ever know in the eyes of God, that we should rise up and begin to be what God wants us to be. You see, he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. First John three and two says, dear friends, now we are children of God. You should tell yourself that now. I'm a child of God. Now we are children of God. And we don't know what it is yet that this has been made known to us. But we know that when Christ appears. We will be just like him. But we shall see him as he is. We've undergone a transformation. Like the butterfly, the caterpillar goes up, puts himself in a cocoon, and after so many days, breaks out and is a beautiful butterfly. That's who we are. We were a worm, but God has put us into his cocoon, and he has transformed us into butterflies. We're an act of beauty in the eyes of God. We are a special creation to God, and therefore, hallelujah, we are a blessing. And then the second thing, and I'm hurrying here, is that we are expensive. Boy, some of you really are expensive. I hear. You ever got a hold of some money or credit cards? It's over. Have you ever been to an auction? And in that auction, have you noticed how they they go up in price? I was watching one on TV where a painting went for two point five million dollars, and that painting looked like a third grader had just thrown some paint on it. Two point five million dollars. Was it worth that? It was to the person that paid it. But maybe not to me. You notice how that is with God? The world may look at us and say, yeah, you're not worth it. But when God looks at you, he says, I want that. I want you. I want your life and I'll pay whatever price it is. A crystal vase went for eight hundred thousand dollars. Did you know God goes to the mankind at auction? And in that auction, they bring up an alcoholic whose life is has been destroyed, his body has been ravaged by the alcohol, and they put it up for bid, and nobody wants to bid on it, but Jesus steps up and says, I paid it all, I want that one. Here's my blood, and he buys it. It might be a drug addict that comes along, who now has severe uh, uh, physical ailments, and mind might even be burned out, and may not have very very much to offer, and he brings him up for auction at the Mankind Auction, And and the people look at it and say, what do I want with that? But Jesus steps out and says, I'll take him. I paid a price, the highest price, not a low price. I want to give the very best that I actually have. He could have got him for a dollar, but he gave it all." Same with a, a prostitute out on the road, ravaged with STDs, not a whole lot to offer, not a whole lot of life left. And nobody wants to pay a price for that. But you know what? Jesus steps up and says, I'm not just going to pay a dollar for this. I am going to give everything I've got for it. Why? Because God sees us as expensive. God values us very highly. And first Corinthians six and 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? whom you received of God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Hallelujah. And that price is the blood of the lamb. First Peter one in 1819 says, you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were purchased or redeemed from the empty way of life. But you were bought and paid for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the lamb without blemish or spot. Hallelujah. We are bought. We are paid for by the ultimate price that anybody could ever pay. Why? Because we are valuable to God. You're important to God. God loves you and God has a purpose for your life. And because of this, God is interested in developing you and bringing you into his divine purpose. You know, I'm looking forward to heaven. But I'm like the little kid in Sunday school when the Sunday school teacher was talking about heaven, got all the kids excited. And she said, how many of you are ready to go to heaven? Raise your hand. Everybody raises hand except the one little girl. And she said, you don't want to go to heaven when you die. And she said, oh, when I die, I thought you were getting the loan to go up right now. And we are going. To heaven. But you know what? There's a whole lot of living between the time we are here right now to the time it's time to go. And that time is when God says, I need to use you on this earth. God doesn't need us in heaven other than in the choir. He needs us here. And he wants to bless us here. He wants to get you through your struggles here. He wants to walk you through your suffering here. He wants to bless you here and now not in the sweet by and by. And then third of all, or lastly, we have a purpose. This is why we're so expensive. Because God looked at us and he didn't just look at us, our physical, our mental or anything like that. He saw the purpose inside of you. He saw the reason you were born. The reason you were born is not what you were told by your parents. The reason you were born is why God allowed you to be born. Unfortunately, I've heard people, uh, parents, sometimes jokingly say to the kids, and sometimes not jokingly, say well this one here was an accident oh how horrible (laughs) might have been an accident not a planned one but it's not an accident and I heard others say well you know I never planned on this child it was an unwanted child it was a mistake but I've learned to live with it that is horrible to say because there are no mistakes with God if conception occurs it's because God designed it to happen which means God has a purpose for that child That no one else can understand that might mentally and physically we look at as an accident. But to God He's going, there are no accidents with life. God is the one who determines that that is going to happen or not. And I can prove that in Jeremiah 29 and 11. It says, for I have plans for you. Did you hear that? Tell yourself that God has a plan for your life. Not just not just a big preacher. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. He's paid a big, big price for your life and through the blood of Jesus. And he wants to give you a hope and a future. But some people say, well, I had such a messy past. I don't know if that if God can use me. So let me show you something. here. Going into my wallet and I found a twenty dollar bill and I look at this twenty dollar bill and I know something about this twenty dollar bill. Did you know that somebody out there smoked snorted cocaine with this? Did you know that somebody out there pulled off some drug deal with this $20 bill? Did you know that somebody paid somebody money for things they shouldn't have been doing with this $20 bill? Do you know this $20 bill was in the hands of somebody whose hands were dirty, maybe had some physical ailments, maybe even had some bacteria on it that had this $20 bill in their hands? And with all of that ugliness, does anybody want this $20 bill? Why do you want this $20 bill with everything that it's been through? Because it's still worth what? $20. And that's what I'm trying to get across to you with God. We're so caught up in what disqualifies us from him. And God is saying, I'm not worried about what you've been through. I wish you hadn't. But what I am looking at is what you are worth to me. You are still worth that and more. And that's what God is saying in these in these three stories here, that you are so valuable, even if that sheep wandered off on its own out of rebellion, God's going after it to go get a hold of it. Even if that son left off and sold it bought, uh, wasted everything that he had, disobeyed his parents and rebelled against him. The father was still willing to take him right back in. Why? Not because of the son's actions, but because of the value that that child had to the father. And so it is with you and I, we are a very special, very expensive creation of God. And God wants to use us for his glory. Even though our life has been broken in some ways. I've met people that have criminal records, bad relationships, bad choices, and have beaten themselves down about it and never realized how valuable they are to God. But you know, sometimes out of that brokenness, comes that powerful restoration. You know, broken people can connect better with broken people than people that have never been broken before. They don't know the pain of what it's like. These two kids were in this little store and the older child, about his age, grabbed a hold of two of those glow sticks. You ever seen those glow sticks? And gave one to the little sister and took that glow stick, paid for it at the counter. And as they went out, the older one, Cracked it, shook it, and the light came on. And the little girl looked at hers and started crying because hers didn't glow. And the older one said, don't cry. All you got to do is break it. It'll shine just like mine. I thought, wow, that's how God is with us. That God sometimes allows us or or sees us go through some things that really break us. But he knows that's what's going to let the light shine out of our lives that sometimes it takes those things to get our attention to realize how important we are to God. And second Corinthians four and seven says, we have this treasure in clay jars to show the extraordinary power of God that is within us. You see, God is inside of you. God is with you. God is inside of you, working through you with a powerful blessing and a powerful message in your life. But it can't come out sometimes because we never really get to that place where we realize how valuable we really are to God, that God likes cracked pots, God likes the vessels that have been broken. God likes and loves and seeks after those whose lives have been broken. You see, so let's, let's allow God's blessing into our life. Let's realize how important and expensive we really are to God. How valuable he's paid a, he's paid a high price for us. Let us pray. Father, thank you so very much for your word. Thank you that, Lord, we are expensive. We are valuable to to you. We're thankful that you sent your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who died upon Calvary's hill, who shed his blood as a price to be paid for our lives, to redeem us, to bring us back and to bless us. And Lord, as you are here in this house and in this city and across the stream of this telephone into the city of Richmond, into the houses. I pray, oh Lord, that you would let that word sink deep within their heart to remove that attitude of lack and to restore it with an attitude of blessing. That we are special. We are unique. And we have been bought with a very expensive price. And I pray for your blessing upon each church. And each member, heal, deliver, set free, and save the lost, oh Lord, we pray. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you so very much, Richmond, Virginia. Thank you, Bishop, for the opportunity to preach to your people. God bless you.
0: What a word, what a word, amen. I, I was just sitting there as he was going through the word of God, uh, talking about things that have been broken. Things that uh, have been discarded, but amen. God knows what He can do with it. Uh, someone said, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and isn't it wonderful for you to know that in God's sight, I am beautiful? Uh, He said, One uh, said, He knew what He would do, He knew what He was going to do with you, though you were. Counted worthless, God saw the beauty in you. And He was willing to pay the ultimate price that He could redeem you. He thought you was worth cavalry. And He died that we could have a right to the tree of life. And I think about what He did. The earth was born and without form. And God spoke and said, Let there be light and there was light. One day he spoke over my life when I was considered nobody, but he spoke over my life. Amen. And he made me whole again. I was not anyone, but he took me in, let me go through the bloodline, washed me, and now I am a son of God. And being a son of God, I inherited what heaven have. And the same thing is true about you. Don't allow the devil to beat you down. Whatever you've done today, just repent of your sins. Come to him. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I need you. Come into my life and save me. Don't let the devil talk you out of the blessings of God. He see you as beautiful. Amen, because he know he can wash you. He can make you clean again. And sometimes the worst sinners make the best saints because they are witnesses of the manifold blessings of God upon their lives. So we wanna ask you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, amen, just turn your heart to him. It's no big, nothing you got to do. Come to him just as you are. He'll wash you, he'll cleanse you, he'll make you whole again. Come to him just as you are. He'll make you whole again. He love you. Amen. We are so happy for what the Lord is doing. We want to say to the saints of God, just be encouraged. Keep on keeping on in Jesus' name. Until then, be blessed.